Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome in Season 3, Episode 2 of the Portland Winterhawks Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Dirk Johnson, and we got a lot to get to on this week's episode, so I don't want to waste too much time. Here's what... Is going to happen. It's a, a bit of a lengthy episode, but that's a good thing. So uh, for those who missed episode one of this season, we came out uh, before the season started and had Mike Johnston on the pod, and he was great. And boy, the team is off to an awesome start. And don't worry, we'll talk about all of that coming up in a moment because Nick Merrick is back from paternity leave. And so he will be on this episode and all the episodes going forward. So we'll chat with him uh, about life and about what the team is looking like here in the first couple of weeks of the regular season. But I told you in episode one that we're doing things a little bit differently. The Hawks had the idea kind of putting a different spin on the pod this year, and that was that the college kids who take class every day over at the VMC, one of their classes is a multimedia class. And so they're learning about TV and radio and podcasts and, and all that kind of stuff. And so the Hawks had the idea they wanted the players to – kind of take a, a little bit of ownership, if you will, of the pod and and to create some content and to have conversations uh, with themselves. So the Hawks asked me to come over to the VMC earlier this week, and on Monday I went over there and just kind of chatted with the guys about what goes into recording a pod and and all that. And uh, some of them were excited, some of them were not very excited, but we, we unveiled the idea to have them more involved with the pod. Well, I'm an idiot, and the podcasting equipment that I took over there, I did not have the recording chip, so we did not have the ability to record an episode uh, on Monday, and I I do need to apologize because Kyle Chazowski led about a 15-minute conversation uh, with Ryder Thompson and Josh Morey. That was awesome, and he is an absolute natural. Uh, Kyle is at hosting a podcast, and I'm now worried that I'm going to get Wally pipped, and he's going to start doing this. They're going to hire him to do the TV games. Uh, he was terrific, and it was a ton of fun, but... It was a great example for the guys to kind of get to know or get a look at what it should sound like, and Kyle was a great guinea pig for us. So so shout-out to Kyle Chazowski for taking the bull by the horns there. Well, I went back over today, and we had a different group of players, and so every episode will kind of feature a different trio. So they've all been broken up into, into pairs of or, or a, a threesome, if you will. And today's episode, coming up in a bit at about the 30-minute mark, give or take of the pod, uh, you're going to hear from Gabe Claussen, James Stefan and Jack O'Brien. So the three 20-year-olds and Gabe Clausen is kind of the quarterback of the segment, if you will, and asking the guys questions. And so uh, it, it went really well. The kids had a lot of fun. And so I, I hope you enjoy that. Uh, it's coming up in a little bit. I just wanted to remind listeners, if you missed episode one, 
Uh, that's kind of the way that the second half of the pod is going to go this season, and we'll get to that coming up in a bit. But let's not waste any more time because we got a lot to get to. Uh, over at the VMC today, I, I sat down with Nick Merrick. It is great to have him back, the voice of the Hawks, a new dad, and we chatted about how his life has changed, the way the team has looked here in the first couple of weeks. And so let's get this thing rolling. Here is the voice of the Portland Winterhawks, Nick Merrick. The man who is a newly made father, Nick Merrick, the voice of the Portland Winterhawks. What's going on, buddy? Oh, my gosh. A lot has changed <laughs> since we've last talked on the podcast, Andy. Uh, things are really good. Really good. We've, uh, we've had our roller coasters of unbelievable days. A few bad hours here and there sure. trying, to, trying to figure out the newborn situation. But having a lot of fun. Um, you know, just such a joy it is for both of us. Something we've wanted for, honestly, more than a year. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've wanted it since we were very, you know, we didn't even know each other, Amanda and I, but uh, very, very exciting to have a little joy back at home. Um, he's been showered with hopefully a lot of love. <laughs> at least he feels that way. A lot of parents visiting, so the grandparents have been in town already. Then. That's good. We're having a very good time, but also a difficult time, too, adjusting. So <laughs> if I get a couple of yawns on this podcast, it's not because I'm bored about the season or anything. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it feels good to be back. Obviously, loved loved having the energy from the last two games. Yeah. And uh, I know we're going to talk about plenty of hockey, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's a weird change to... To go from, you know, kind of a big season on a high to off-season mode to being like, okay, like now things settle down. You get back into your office routines. You start working on the next year. And then you're also trying to juggle like, oh, now my wife's six months pregnant, seven months pregnant, eight months pregnant. And you go to the hospital a little bit earlier than expected. (laughs) I thought I'd be on the first podcast with you because I was supposed to be at Neely Cup. Exactly. Uh, But he wanted to come early and we said, okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it, dude. I, it's so so. We were supposed to do an episode last week, and then or not it's supposed to, but you were back at work last week. Yes, we're, we're my wife and I are also expecting, and so we were on our baby moon last week. So we were on vacation, took the week off, and you guys I know went to Sun River too. So this is going to be like a baby theme podcast this year. I just feel like it because <laughs> at some be. point in February I'm going to have a kid, and then you're going to have you know your kid will be three months old or whatever, four months old at the time. So it's going to be a whirlwind, but we're going to fight through it, and we're going to talk some hockey. Well, first and foremost, <laughs> congratulations. To you. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Unbelievable. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, we might have to rebrand this podcast now, uh, Expecting and Fatherhood. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> New fatherhood, yeah. So any tips you got, let us know on social media and fire it away at us because we can use all the advice we can get. <laughs> For the fans, too, that have come in, unbelievable. I think it's good, though. I think it'll be – I think our listeners are going to enjoy this because I know I've had an outpouring of love that first weekend coming yeah. over to my booth and seeing me in the hallway or the concourse and just saying congratulations. Like, it's wild how much um, – you know, this Winterhawks family really cares yeah. about everyone here. So I just wanted to throw that out there and let it know that it's not, you know, it's not, what's the word? I, see, I can't speak. It's newborn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I definitely see it. I yeah, see the true. love. I feel the love. I extremely appreciate it. Um, Amanda does as well. We're excited to bring little miles to a future Winterhawks game. But Yeah, uh, you have plans for the, for the debut, the Hawks debut game? Everyone's asked about that one. First, he needs to be able to pick his head up. I that think, is true. And kind of be on his own. That's He's key. getting really good. He loves Tommy time. Okay. Uh, maybe December, early December weekend. Okay. Time frame. Teddy Bear toss. Teddy Bear toss would be a pretty solid one. Might be a little overstimulation though there too, <laughs> yeah. but it would be a solid one. I think sometime in December would be like a perfect ideal situation if we can yeah. make it work. But we'll we'll play it out. I love it, dude. Well, congratulations. It's great to have you back. And you missed the opening road trip. Let's talk yeah. about the number one ranked team in the CH. Like. Here we go, baby. Hockey season's here. Team's off to a great start. I know you got a chance to obviously see him last weekend. A big early win over Seattle already. What yes. are you seeing here in the first couple of weeks? No, here we go is right. This team is is clicking. Like, they yeah. picked up right where they left off, and this was a team that left the summer frustrated. They wanted to go deeper in last year's playoffs. They obviously ran to a really good team in Kamloops, who's off to the Memorial Cup. 
We have, what, Kamloops has, uh, well, Frazier Minson as a 19-year-old made the NHL opening night roster. Stan Coven's in the American Hockey League. Caden Banker's in the American Hockey League. Dalen Kiefler was at camp for a long time. I think he's still lingering up there, even though he might be injured. So, like, they had NHL players that were ready to go this fall. The Winterhawks are building that. They have that whole group back. They're, they're making their pro push now and their chance to make that leap to the next level. But they have that unfinished business kind of attitude. And I think there's always a fun... Uh, kind of start to it, whether or not you want to have that swagger, which they do, but you also don't want it to get too much enthralled in your head where you think you're unbeatable, and sure. then you know it's almost like that cockiness over confidence type of thing. Um, but it's fun, like it's exciting to be back. I love seeing the team when I when I got back to the office in early October. Uh, and they, you're right, they hit the ground running. Like it was weird. I got to watch the first three road games on WHL Live, yeah, and I was yeah. just like, wow, this is bizarre not being at the rink for this game. <laughs> Feels weird not calling it. It yeah. did feel weird. It felt really weird. I love listening to Andy. Uh, Andy Kemper did this one. Yeah. And just being able to kind of follow along, I was, you know, I had my same fan. I put my fan cap on for <laughs> yeah. the first, put it that way. Like when the team was squalling, ah, let's go. Come on, boys. You know, I, it was pretty much like, oops, don't want to wake the baby. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to kind of have like a muffled cheer back <laughs> behind really the scenes. Did. You know? I yeah. really did. <laughs> well, and then you get the home opener this past weekend and it looked like a really good crowd, which you love to see. The team got off to, I mean, just you love to see the way they clicked right away and jumped out to early leads in those games and you kind of lean on your defense and your goaltending uh, later on. Let's talk about some of the new faces right Josh Josh Davies I think probably the most prominent of them but also new goaltender situation going on so of the the newness that Hawk fans are now seeing for the first time what's standing out the most to you no I think you nailed it I think just having Davies some of the younger players Yaremko Carson Dick Hudson Darby back um, you know eventually going to see the debuts of 16 year old Kyle McDonough and Ryan Miller I think that kind of shines in terms of who the new players are to implement. Um, I'd say Luke Brunin too, but I know he hasn't played in front of the home crowd yet this season. Yep. And the only taste I've got of him live has been either the Neely Cups or practices. Um, so I haven't even been able to see him myself in person for a real game. Very excited for that actual debut. I got to see him on the WHL live screen uh, during the Kelowna games and, and over the first weekend road trip. Um, but I'm very excited. I think he's going to be a terrific goaltender as well to compliment Jan Spoonar. So I think the depth for Portland, again, it's showcasing itself. Um, you kind of hit it when you just said the team was off and rolling. And Mike Johnston alluded to that too. He mentioned, you know, it wasn't his favorite game in our home opener in terms of the performance against Everett. He thought Everett came out pretty good and thought our team was, uh, you know, a little bit more reactionary sure. and wasn't playing Portland style. But when you have a coach that's a little fresher about the play and the team still wins by a hefty margin, yeah. that's also a good sign. Like if you could win games when your coaching staff doesn't think you're playing your best and then all of a sudden – you're like, okay, Mike, like, well, they still put up four, right? Then you, you play the game against Vancouver the next day, and it was like, holy cow, where was this team last yeah. night? Because those 40 minutes were unbelievable. They took over a shot a minute, and they sustained it for two full periods. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, like they could run teams out of the building if that's yeah. the case. So yeah. I think in terms of the firepower, Portland and Prince George in the West seem to have the two most potent offenses and a lot of that's from the from the veterans and, and the returning there I know we're going to hear from them we have our 20 year olds going to debut uh their own segment of the podcast here shortly but that's huge when you get Stefan O'Brien and Clausen back they're they they know what to expect they've done this four or five years in the Hawks system um so they can kind of be that really good mentorship role I think a lot of the young guys as well have kind of said yeah that's been 
key for them talking to those three in particular totally. and just kind of ease my mind, come into things, and they can kind of hit the ground running. So there's not as much – as much as there is the Josh Davies and the Tyson Uremkos and those players that you're, you're building back into your systems for the first time – you also have a nucleus that even though if it's maybe their you know fourth, fifth game played with the Hawks, they still have a little bit of experience from last year together. So they're just hitting the ground running. Um, and, and all those players that the Winterhawks brought in the summer have elevated this team, and we're seeing it right away. So just this early glimpse in September and October, I'm excited to see what the fall is going to look like. Well, I'm curious on your note because you, I know you didn't go on the first road trip, but you've been around these guys a lot, and you're here every single day. Sure. And, and this is where, you know, last year we talked a lot about what Seattle did. And I, I asked Mike about that on the first episode when you were out, and, and just about, you know, Seeing Seattle do something like that, does that change your strategy? Because we weren't sure if it was going to work and they're loaded with talent. It's like, see if this pays off. And obviously it did. They made their way to the Memorial Cup and it was a great run for them. This has kind of been the year it feels like Portland has been building towards. And this is the model that they've wanted of, we've developed these guys, the vast majority of them. There's obviously some newcomers we talked about like Davies, but a lot of these guys have been in the system for a long time. As you mentioned, they played in the system for a long time. When you're with them on and off the ice, is where does the closeness, I know it's hard to rank, but just from other teams that you've been around, because it does seem unique to see a team that has grown up so much together without any real wholesale changes over the last three or four years. Very, very high in terms of how they rank from the closeness level. Maybe the highest I've, I've yeah. had. Um, from previous Portland teams, I honestly thought when COVID hit, that was probably the one that would be closest to compare to this one. Um, just because, and also the adversity they had to handle kind of just what was, what was going on in the world yeah. and having to do that bubble situation. That grew that unit that much closer. And oddly, I think it stems from that of why this year's group is so close because you get the Luca Canyonis, the Marcus Newins, the um, Kyle Chizowskis, Luke Shelters, who were just rookies in that COVID bubble season. So they kind of were forced to come together and figure it <laughs> right. out. You didn't and have any other option. No. And now you yeah. fast forward and those players are all in their 19 year old seasons. Right. What do they always say? Pl- teams, good teams win when their 19 year olds are the best. What do the Winterhawks have? A darn good group of 19-year-olds in this locker room. So I'm not surprised by it by one stretch of the imagination. And I totally agree with what Mike says. Like, just from the, you know, from my media brain on putting it on, it was the right call for Portland. Uh, you know, obviously, hold your chips back. There's already two teams in the West with Kamloops hosting it, guaranteed a spot. Exactly. And then Seattle making a massive push, and good for them, like you said. Congratulations, they won. They obviously expended a lot of their future. So it will be interesting to see what happens the next three, four seasons for them. But obviously, they probably have a plan, just like Portland had a plan for this year. Right. They said, no problem. Maybe it's a good thing we, we got tipped early that Seattle wanted to put their chips in, so we don't have to be as aggressive. We could save those assets, you know, draft pick capitals, whatever. Um, and then focus on this year. And it was that trust that Mike Johnston had in his staff and last year's team to say, hey, we're going to put you in some minutes. Yes, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be some great moments, but you're going to grow. And then you look at, you know, like the easy comparison right now might be a Diego Budazzoni. Sure. You focus on him as a 16-year-old. They picked him up. They needed to have a young guy with Alex Thompson in the lineup from the forward front. Alex Thompson was your young defenseman last year. Say, okay, let's have this guy figure out our system for a year. He always knows 16-year-olds, they're kind of, you know, you don't focus on the numbers as much for them. If they score 10 goals, great. If they score two goals, great. Like, if, as long as they're growing and they're learning yeah. the systems well, that's awesome. Then you see them pop. And now we're seeing Diego Budazzoni pop in year two. Yeah. Led the WHL, the entire league in preseason points and goal scoring. To be fair, he did play in all of the games, right, while the NHL players were gone. But that's not a fluke because then he picks up and gets his first career hat trick yeah. in his second home game of the season. He put the work in the offseason and then showed the trust from the coaching staff and then it was kind of reciprocated and said, okay, we're going to give you a chance to succeed this next year. What do they do? They succeed. 
Um, so there's not a surprise there as well, but that's kind of that longevity plan is if you know you might be able to – because realistically, the team was really good last year. They could have yeah. probably traded some picks and been, a quote-unquote, a little bit more competitive – um, obviously, losing Chas Lucius last year still stinks. That's a huge, yeah, that was the one storyline that kind of flew under the radar that when he went hurt, what they were with him in the lineup for that week was right. insane. They were great. It, insane. And yep. if, if that could have been sustained for another two and a half months, exactly. maybe they would have beaten Kamloops and then faced Seattle in the conference right. final. That's the way the breaks sometimes go for you or against you in sports. Yeah, and the what-ifs always stink to do. But, um, you know, it, it's good because you see the progression of all of the players, not just Diego Bonazzoni, but you yeah. see who's growing. And then it's like, perfect. Well, now that's exactly what we thought they'd become this year. Now you're that much better of a team to start. I think the goal-scoring production already showing it. <laughs> Jan Spoonar has been awesome in that yeah. since he's returned from Montreal. So now you can kind of take that nucleus and say, all right, we're going to be the team to beat. We're going to be the bad boys in the WHL again. This is, And they kind of know that this is their year, too, because the guys aren't dumb. They look around, and they're talking. And, you know, If you're a Josh Moyer or Kyle Chizowski or Marcus Newen or Luke Shelter or whatever 19-year-old you want to pick, they're going, we got a lot of 19-year-olds in this locker room, right? <laughs> like, realistically, only three can come back next yeah. year. So they kind of know their window in Portland might be low just because of that 20-year-old rule. So they're, they probably want to put it on the line as much as we do talking to our podcast listeners of having Portland win, they have that same mindset. So I think it's the mentality they're coming in with this year is my long-winded answer of saying it's good. It's yeah. it's a good close group. They have the right thought. They're putting in the work. Obviously, small sample size still, especially for me. I've only seen them live in two games this year, but obviously I got two and oh, Hey, they're undefeated they with Nick Garrick on the call, man. <laughs> they were two good ones. They were two good ones. Uh, you mentioned Spoonar there. I do want to get to the goaltending. So, I mean, having him back is huge, obviously, and losing him and, you know, going to NHL, not losing him, but having him go to NHL yes. camp and not be around at the start of the year. I know the guys have been joking about that. Some of the guys that weren't there for, for training camp, but just where have you seen him grow going into another year in this system? Because it seems like he came over last year as, a, as an import guy, and you're like, right, let's see what we have here. Right. And you had Dante coming back, so you didn't really need him to be a number one. seems like he's lived up to that early in the year. And then just the idea of a Luke Brunin, the draft pick, where that's not something Portland does very often to take a goaltender with their first selection in the draft. I know he wasn't a first-round pick, but right. that's just that's kind of an anomaly for Mike. But they clearly saw something in him. And then here we are, fast-forward a year later, on the roster. And I know you mentioned we haven't got a chance to see him play in Portland yet, but just the, the tandem that those guys can, and what they can bring this year in, in between the net. I think for Spoonar, it's the confidence and comfortability level on two fronts the fact that he had that last playoff run and kind of got to be that one guy yep. that he was going to every night rather than going 50 50 with Dante Genuzzi and just being able to take over the reins I think that always mentally could help a player saying okay like now I get in a rhythm I get in a groove I'm used to working on a back-to-back -back situation just like he did over the Winterhawks opening weekend he was great in those two straight games because yeah. he was he was kind of mentally ready he's physically prepared for playing on a back-to-back -back basis Obviously, I'm sure the Montreal camp is going to give you a ton of intangibles, but I think the most important one is the fact that now you're coming back to a situation in Portland that you're more comfortable with. It's not a new country. It's not a new city with new billet families, new teammates. Now you're coming back and you know 20 at least players in that locker room that you don't have to say, oh boy, my English not good, <laughs> right. and I have to figure out how to communicate with these new teammates. Yeah. Now it's just more, he's more loose. He's more, I don't know, just, just more aware of his situation. I think he's having more fun. And he probably had to rely on Alsher a little bit more last year. Those two have a great bond. But, right, like, there kind of becomes that, like, mentor-mentee thing where 
if you're all straight and you're always having to like drag Spoonar around and be like, here's this, here's that, go do this. Sure. Here's how you say this to people. Here's this English word for whatever. It can feel like a weight a little bit. Yes, yeah. 100%. Because you're trying to help like pick him to, and obviously, you know, Ulster wants him to succeed too. So it's not saying he's dreading anything, but yeah. it puts it puts pressure on these players because then they're they're reliant on one person and then they're trying to help their teammates. But now it's more Spoonar comes in and he goes, oh, I know everybody. I know the coaches, I know the players, I know the yeah. situation, I know my road trip. I know my billet family. Let's have fun. Let's yeah. let's go into the season. Um, you know, kind of ready to be at number one. And in a way, this isn't this isn't a knock on to Brunin by by any means. But you come in knowing that you're the number one because you're that much older. Yep. You're two years older than Brunin. You've been in the league for a full season. You've had those big moment games already that Brunin's going to get. But it's kind of also like there's a little bit of pressure taken off. They've had great battles, which is awesome. But it takes that pressure off of, like, I'm not fighting to prove anything. Mike and the coaches and the team exactly. knows what I'm going to give, so let me just show myself, and then we could play hockey. And that's what it was last year. It was a battle with him and Dante basically all season, yes. back and forth, and one guy would get the hot hand, the other guy uh, wouldn't. How excited are you to see Luke, though, get some of those starts oh, and those fill-in spots? For going, going it's hard because I'm watching on a, what, like a 14-inch monitor or something <laughs> on my computer at home? Actually, right. I did cast it on my big screen TV, which was fun. Uh, but, like, I'm, I'm watching him on a TV screen, so I'm loving some of the things I see, but you feel it different when you're yeah. in the rinks. Uh, I'm thrilled. I, I really can't wait to see Luke Blossom. Like, I know he's been waiting for this. He's been so hungry. He's another just great kid. Like, comes in, works his bag off, wants to be there for the team. Um, and just like, just I think from what I've talked to him in the summer a little bit too, we've, you know, I try to text or at least get an update from the players here and then. And, and he was one I would always kind of tune back in with. And it sounds like he was doing great with the family, really working hard. And all these guys, like they don't leave the rinks. It's funny, like, you know, we're working in the off season here in the Winterhawks office. And I'm thinking like, wow, it feels weird not seeing ice you know, in the VMC right now because they have different concert series <laughs> right, going on or whatever. Right. So you don't feel like you're around hockey all the time, but those guys, like, live and breathe hockey in the summer. Um, like, even with Jack O'Brien, I talked to him the other week. He was like, I put down hockey for, like, three days, and then I was like, I got to get back to it. I got to start playing again. Like, they yeah. got – they have that itch. Like, they just they just want to keep progressing. So uh, it was kind of the same thing with Brunin. He's like, I didn't make the team last year. You know, obviously I knew this – he knew the situation, but he's yeah. still going to tick you off. You want to be able to make the team as a 16-year-old. Um, so I think he kind of had more pressure on himself last year, and I know he's kind of coming in more loose and confident. Part of it, too, is because now he probably knows there's not a 20-year-old ahead of him in, yep. in Januzzi that, you know, it's going to be guaranteed one of those spots. So he knows it's like, okay, I got a little bit more of a chance to battle yeah. here. And then with Spoonar being away, it kind of simulated that. It was him and Justin Marich, and they were going, hey, you know, let's let's fight it out here and see who's going to be that goaltender to start on the roster in this season and Brunin won that yeah which is a really good time for Portland you love to see that going forward use a draft pick on him you're going to get to see him play and yep. then kind of as you mentioned a, a low pressure situation right you're going to get your Saturday night starts here or there like I remember when Dante was Saturday night Dante and those were the starts that he would get so Brunin can get his spot starts and kind of help fill in and lean on Spoonar basically all season to, to learn you mentioned Diego Buttazzoni and the start that he's off to which is incredible to see and I think it's another testament to Mike and the system that they run here but when you look at the other young guys for fans that don't follow it it, who are the names that are that are going to pop this year? Who are the names that are circulating in NHL draft boards? Because we went through this last year and we knew a couple of guys were going to get drafted. We saw them get drafted. And who were the names that everybody's keeping an eye on this season? Sure. Obviously, Canyoni and Southern got their draft years yep. last summer and did terrific. Uh, I know they had a great time at their respective camps, too. Yeah. Um, I guess your question's twofold. The draft year this year, uh, the three easy ones to highlight probably coming back from a season ago would be Alex Thompson, Josh Zakreski, and Diego Buttazzoni. I've started to see a few of them on on some independent draft boards. Actually, I wouldn't even be surprised if we're talking right now and the 
NHL Central Scouting puts out their players yeah. to watch rankings. I feel like that always comes out in early to mid-October. Um, so that's probably coming out any day just in terms of who's on what radar. But there will be a couple that are going to shine. Luke Brunin then is a player, since we were just talking about him. He's one of those newcomers that's in his draft-eligible season. Yep. So you didn't get to see him last year, but NHL teams can select him this summer, uh, obviously depending on how he does with Portland. So though, it always puts an extra chip on their shoulder. And I know in our quote-unquote exit interviews that we had, just kind of talking with the players last offseason in, what, May or uh, mid, mid-April, early May, somewhere around that time when they actually left Portland, both Budazoni and Zakreski mentioned, and sometimes they'll shy away from it, but they were both like, I know next year's my draft year. Yeah. I want to – this is a big summer for me. They understand it, yeah. So – just those two are the example, but I know that was what Alex Thompson, that's what Luke Brunin was thinking, that's what others were thinking going into this year. Like, there's that weight on that 17-year-old season that, that they know they're like, okay, this is my first first opportunity of what will be many, but obviously the first opportunity to kind of get in front of NHL scouts and say, hey, this is the chance you could draft me, so let me put on a good show for you this season. So they put the expectations a little bit higher on themselves, which is good and bad. Sometimes you could have it where it's like, relax, relax, yeah, you're fine. Breath, I, yeah. I know you're, you're <laughs> overthinking the draft here. Just play your game. Like yeah. It's going to show itself naturally. So there, there can be that curse, if you will, if you think too much into it. Um, newcomers, though, it's hard because like, I feel like I, I look back at the roster. I'm like, oh, I almost know every single person on this team, exactly, either through yeah. a camp or something. Um, you know, Davies being an older guy and Yuremko, the two that we didn't see beforehand. It would have been Marich, but obviously he was gone by the time I got back here and he was reassigned. Um, I would say the 16-year-olds to keep an eye out for, too, would be uh, Kyle McDonough and Ryan Miller, just because they haven't – I alluded to them a, a couple minutes ago, but they haven't played their first game of the season yet. They're healing from injuries. Yeah. They're both very close to coming back. I know fans probably remember seeing them for the tail end of last season, but they're going to be impact players. Like, they made an impact as a 15-year-old on Portland going into the playoffs a season ago. So they're itching to get back. Like, whenever I talk with both Ryan and Kyle, they're just like, oh, Nick, like, that timetable is getting a little closer. Like, I'm getting excited. Uh, so – you know, you feel that. And some of those young guys having that youth in the lineup to be able to play those minutes also can regenerate some energy in the locker room, yeah. too, to see the success from if, you know, if they can find it early. So I'm excited to see them. Obviously, a few more new faces, too, like Massey, who got his debuts. Cade Rudick got his debut. Brunin, we've already talked about, debuted. Um, Carson Dick playing some minutes, too. So, uh, like, there's there's players who are starting to get inserted, and it's going to, we're going to see really quickly kind of, what the personalities are on the ice and kind of what roles they end up playing. Um, but it's, it's just great to see that it's a veteran group that has really strong newcomers. If you could even call them newcomers, I guess they are, but it, it feels like they've been here for a couple seasons. Right. Uh, just be able to kind of hit the ground. Have we ever had, you would know this better than I would. How many times in Winterhawks history have we rolled over the same captains back to back years? Oh, I do know that one. Uh, seven. This is the seventh time. Seven, that's happened. seven, seven times. Okay. Happened seven times, but you have to go back quite a ways. I, Oh, I should have had my media notes in front of me right now. <laughs> you got it typed out for everybody did, when they start coming. I did have it written down for, for uh, media But I saw scouts. that, though, and I think it's just a testament to where this team's at and having. I know they announced that last week, and we were going to talk about it so we can fold it into this episode. But yep. it's just, I think it's really cool that you have the guys that were obviously voted on, and again, that the leadership inside the locker room from those three, it's, it's, a, it's a really good sign for this team. No, I totally agree. I think that's... That's what also helps. Like, there's no indecisiveness there. There's no, <gasps> who's going to be captain? Yeah. Is it, is it, is it my stallmate? Is it Gabe again? Is right? it not? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's one of those, like, Gabe did a great job last year. Of course yeah. you can give back to Gabe. Um, you know, maybe, obviously, they could have potentially elevated. We've seen co-captains now, what, two of the last six years, I think it is. So I was wondering if they might have entertained that. I'm not surprised they didn't. But, you know, you can kind of see where things are going, at least from – 
uh, who's wearing letters right now. You have a 20-year-old captain, you have a 20-year-old alternate captain, and then you have a 19-year-old alternate captain in Kyle Chizowski. So obviously the leadership group's kind of leading towards a Chizowski potentially, which I know he'd be a great fit if that comes. I don't want to put pressure on anybody, but like clearly that's just how yeah. the leadership's been seen, and then they're going to rotate that third alternate captain, um, which James Stefan wore opening weekends. And then I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure when they go on the road, somebody else might rotate and wear yeah, it for the yeah. second half of the season or whatnot. But um, great to see the leaders back. It, it's it's three really good leaders there off the bat. I'm glad they get to have another year to kind of run it back. Um, and they all obviously earned it, and they've earned the respect of their teammates too. It's really cool, man. Are you got your Jason mask ready for Friday? I do actually. Jake got to hold it over there for me, so <laughs> yeah. I'll. I'll Are you going to call up. the game in a Jason mask? The <laughs> listeners need to know this. Uh, no, I think it'd be kind of hard. It would be a little bit difficult. I yeah. guess I could, as I'm like fiddling with my um, headset on right it's now. It's got the little mouth hole, though, so you can put the microphone in, there. in front of it. it you could probably make it work. <laughs> I agree. I think it's cool. I think it's really fun. It's a nice little addition there, too, for yeah. a you know Friday the 13th type of thought. Like, ooh, hey, whenever the thing's... It'll be fun. The jerseys look awesome, too, Really man. cool. You know what I actually thought the first time when I saw them in person? Uh... I actually loved them way more in person. I saw visually. I was like, okay, like I liked the color contrast and it was kind of fun to have like that, like grungy Winterhawks script. Totally. Which is like, kind of like, you know, you think of like slashing a, you know, big machete in the spooky <laughs> movies type of vibe. But then when I saw them, like these are kind of nice. Cause they almost look like a, they almost look like a soccer kit. Like with that thick striping. They do a little bit. It's so a good call. It kind of looks like something like the Thorns or Timbers would have put out, which, you know, I kind of like when they collab with different sports selfishly. Yeah. Like I, I always have that, you know, whenever you see like a, a football jersey and a hockey, you know, totally. or you flip flop it if you can for warm ups or like, I think it's a neat look. So when I kind of saw that, and I, I don't know why my brain almost associated like a spooky, but then also like a soccer feel. I'm like, oh, I kind of liked it that much more too. <laughs> Dude, they look sweet. I can't wait to see him on Friday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. And the Jason mask, it's going to be awesome. We know that Friday, the 13th one going on. What are yes. the other big uh, events on the calendar coming up? Obviously I know the, a, a massive road trip is looming at the big end of the one. month going into November. So I know a lot of this stuff kind of picks up and we all know the teddy bear toss night but what else is on the calendar coming up uh, well obviously this is the last couple weeks to see portland and home in october so it's nice to have five straight home games but then like you said andy on the road for nine yeah. which is going to be end of october into almost thanksgiving time so literally middle of october to middle of november we'll see you turkey time see you yes. later yeah. <laughs> yes so the big ones are obviously this weekend come out Friday and Sunday. Friday is the Keep Portland Feared Night, yep. so you get the whole Friday the 13th vibe. Specialty jerseys, new merchandise in the store for that one. A great collaboration with Portland Gear that I think fans are going to enjoy. And then Oktoberfest on Sunday. Fans always love that one. Free love beer it. and samples. Come out, see some Oregon breweries. Uh, why not, right? Like, it's, it's a good way to end <laughs> the week. There's no better combination than beer and hockey. <laughs> no. There just is not. So that'll be very fun, and it'll be against another different opponent. I think that was the weirdest part about the schedule. The Winterhawks literally start the season facing a different opponent for what's eight straight games, and they don't repeat. So that's I feel like that hasn't happened in a while, which that's is nice. That's kind of cool. I like that, yeah. So, so you get a chance to see some two different teams, two in Kamloops, and Don Hay will be making his return back. Also... There will be a nice pregame celebration for Mike Johnston on that Friday for yes. winning his 500th game over. Congratulations! I almost forgot to bring that up. Congratulations Elusive to Mike. We, we could actually we'll probably end our yeah. segment on that one. We'll yeah. talk about the success there because uh, I know somebody's got to talk about it. He's yeah. he's too humble and too much of a team player to talk about himself. So that's what we'll do. Uh, <laughs> so obviously, a great recognition for Mike on Friday the 13th. Oktoberfest on that Sunday. Last home game before they're back in November is going to be on October. 
18th, a Wednesday against Brandon. So first chance to see a team from out east. That's going to be very exciting. Brandon is a really good young team as well. They have a couple of high-end, probably they'll have one first-round NHL pick. They already have one from Nate Danielson as well, so you get to see some good high-end talent there. Um, and then the team's focusing back, and it's essentially a hometown heroes game, a fight hunger game in middle of November, and then Thanksgiving week, you got three home games. So uh, a lot of fun there. I always love the Thanksgiving games. I was sad when the team had to go on the road because of the yeah. PK Invitational. To be fair, I got to go to a PK game, so that was very fun for me personally. And your Tar Heels were in town, so that they helps were, a little bit. They yeah. were crummy last year. Did not they, go well for them no, last year. They barely beat Portland State, but they're pretty much trying to run it back again where a lot of the players came back for their extra year of eligibility. Yeah. So... The media is saying some exciting things. I got a couple of dates on the calendar for the <laughs> UNC. Excited. I'm excited. very excited. But I'm more. I'm honestly more excited the fact that like Thanksgiving time. Thank goodness yeah. we're in town. We have one trip up to Everett over Thanksgiving. But it's like okay, everyone's gonna have nice Portland hockey. And I'm. I always like that time of year because I feel like that's just when everything kind of elevates the teams. You know, the team knows what to expect. They've been yeah. a month into the season. Fans are excited now because now it's like, hey, we haven't seen you for a month. Get back from your trips. We can right, support you. right. College football is kind of wrapping up that week. It's towards the end of the season, Good so you point. kind of move on. All right, what's next on the calendar? Hey, hockey, hockey. here. Yeah, like, exactly. We've been here, but, you know, we're still playing. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Mike there. I mean, what an incredible accomplishment, and he is an incredibly humble guy, but it's one of those things that, you know, I it, you never want to take things for granted in sports. Yes. And he is one of those – fixtures inside this organization that I, you know, for people who haven't been around long enough to remember how bad things were before he came the first time. Right. Obviously the overall history of the organization is great, but there were some dark years in there. He helped revive it. The great first run went to the NHL, obviously, and then coming back, but just the level of consistency that he has brought where it's funny that you view last year. And I'm not saying every fan does this, but some people view last year as a disappointment, and it's right. like, okay, that's a second round of the playoffs, another you know forty win season, like another great year. But it's like, oh well, we didn't win a champion, we didn't make it to the Memorial Cup. It's a dis- dis- that's the level and the standard that he has set, and the number that he hit is a, a pretty exclusive club. It's really cool. No, you hit it right at the end there. I was going to say that's exactly what I was going to pull off that off that talk is. If fans were disappointed about a second round exit in the playoffs, it's because they know the team that's on the ice and how well it's been they've been coached, and also now like. Mike Johnson's build that culture of winning that they expect to yes. go very far, right? Yes. Like because they're used to seeing it, so it became a trend. And when things become a trend like that, that's when fa- you know fans start to realize, like, oh wow, like we've had a couple of good years. How many you, you playoff years in a row? How many forty win years in a row are we at now? Uh, it's six straight forty wins. Incredible uh, playoffs have been twelve straight, twelve in a row. Man. So un- unbelievable. Like yeah. you know the fact that you're constantly in that situation where you have a chance to win is, is huge. And and Mike Johnson's a massive reason for it. When you keep winning 40 games in a season, then that's always their benchmark for the year. I feel like they're going to exceed that this year. Obviously, I can, <laughs> I knock, as, get there. I can <laughs> knock as much wood yeah. as I need to, but <laughs> yeah. clearly the CHL executives who made the top 10 rankings think so out of the 60 teams that Portland's yeah. probably going to win over 40 games because yeah. they put them number one this week. <laughs> um, but it's it's an incredible accomplishment, and it's it's exactly that, Andy. It's something you can't take for granted because you know you got to enjoy the moments with, with that group when you can. And, and Mike's been such a great leader in Portland and in this sports community, and he wants to get involved, and he's doing so many things too away from the rink. Like, I feel like I see him at the rink, and he has like 17 jobs going on at once. Like, he's not just coaching; he's doing so much more in this Portland community. That's so exciting to see, and obviously leading in this in this front office as well. Um, I couldn't be more happy for him. And I just got a small glimpse of what year year five for me. So yeah, I've only had such a small window, but 
started back in 2008 and got some experience in the NHL beforehand and in the interim between his stints with Portland. So he's he's been a cog, you know, he's been that one true piece for Portland that's always been back and consistent uh, in building this culture of winning. It's really cool, man. That was awesome to see. What a, what a great way to start the home season, too. You get a couple of wins, a, a marquee milestone moment for Mike Johnson. Now you get to celebrate him. Yes. It's off to a great start. Hockey, I always joke on the first episode, it's like, that's right, hockey season's back. And like, right. you, you start texting me, and I get some emails from other people, and I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> hockey season is here. Like, it just, it always dawns. And then it's like, all right, here we go. Yes. So it, we're off to a great start. Number one team in the rankings this week. You love to see it. Friday the 13th. I love it, baby. Things are rolling. Things are going really good. Thanks for having me back on. I'm excited to talk with you more Hawks fans. Obviously, any questions you have for me and Andy on the pod, keep sending it to us on social medias and and, uh, respond to the Hawks channels, and we'll be sure to answer them too throughout the year. All right, as I mentioned at the beginning of the pod, the the trio of players coming up here, and they they handled all this, and this was awesome. So we we told them on Monday kind of what they needed to do and prepare and all that, and they came in. They had a phone. The the notes page on Gabe Klassen's cell phone was all full of things that they wanted to talk about. And so I thought they did awesome. I hope you enjoy this. Here is uh, Gabe Clausen, James Stefan, and Jack O'Brien. All right, boys, let's uh, get her going here. I'm uh, Gabe Clausen, joined by my fellow 20-year-olds here. I'm James Stefan. I'm Jack O'Brien. All right, uh, we're just going to go over some things, uh, a little bit about the summer, the upcoming season, uh, a little bit into our personal lives and what we like to do outside the rink. So uh, just start off here with James. Uh, Talk about, a little bit about your summer. Did you go on any trips or uh, have a good time with any buddies <laughs> or uh, what you get up to? Yeah, it was good. Uh, I don't know. It was kind of a chill summer. It was a bit shorter this year because, um, I don't know, We uh, kind of the season dragged on a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it was good. Um, got a lot of training done. Uh, that was pretty much my main focus all summer. Um, I did go on a couple trips uh, at the beginning of the summer. I made my way down to Mexico with uh, my good buddy. Stay at a nice resort for a week, so it's pretty fun. Um, and then it's kind of just in Michigan all summer, and then I made my way down to California um, twice for about a week um, just to go back to where, where I'm originally from and see all my good friends and family. So, so yeah, it was a good time. How about you, Jack? Um, yeah, I'm kind of along the same lines. I didn't do a whole lot other than train and get ready for a big year for all of us. But um, I was able to find some time to go up into the mountains in Colorado and, um, you know, obviously play golf, golf we do. But, um, yeah, it was kind of a chill summer. Just trained. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah how, about, uh, how about you, Gaber? Yeah. Uh, my summer kind of same. Not a lot to do uh, in Saskatchewan besides play a little bit of golf and hang out with my friends. So, that was kind of the main thing that I was doing, uh, obviously skating and training, working on the game. Um, I was able to get on a little bit of a trip down to L.A. with my family. Uh, went to Disneyland for a couple of days and then caught a couple of baseball games, so I had a good time down there. Jack, just uh, move on to a little bit of the hockey side of things. Uh, anything specific you're working on this summer to try and uh, up the game a little bit uh, for this upcoming season, have a big year? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think just in general, trying to improve on – you know, everything that Rich has us go through in, in training camp with, uh, you know, your speed, your strength, uh, and your power. So I think those were the three main areas for me. And then obviously working on, um, you know, little things like shooting and, um, you know, some little in tight stuff in front of the net, like tips and, um, like I said, just in tight stuff. But uh, I'd say mainly just speed, power, and trying to get some weight on me. That was the... The big focuses this summer. 
Yeah, similar to Jack. I mean, uh, obviously every summer you want to get bigger and stronger and faster. So those are kind of the two main things, just putting on a little bit of weight and uh, gaining some muscle mass as well as just getting quicker um, was a big thing. Um, a lot of speed and agility this summer with band work um, just to, you know, get that first three-step acceleration as quick as it can be for the season because that's, that's huge in the game of hockey. So that was just the two main things. Yeah, I think that uh, that goes really well with me too. I think uh, just working on my boots, trying to get that foot speed up a little bit, uh, it's kind of the biggest area for me that I think I need to improve on. So uh, uh, same in the weight category. I think I'm just trying to stay where I'm at, put a little <laughs> bit of muscle on, and uh, go from there. Uh, do you guys get a chance maybe to see maybe any? lose a couple pounds? Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> uh, we're trying to. All right, yeah, that's kind of the main goal. Um, uh, Steph, do you get a chance to see any teammates over the summer? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh. Um, okay. U.S. <laughs> U.S. guy, so kind of hard to see teammates when you only got like three U.S. guys on the team. But uh, I did see former teammates, though. Um, a lot of guys that I grew up playing with. Um, a lot of guys that I grew up playing with. Uh, a lot of former teammates, good buddies. Uh, got to spend some time with them, so it was good to get a break from from a lot of these guys. Yeah. So I just recall I went down actually to Laguna Beach, California, this summer. So I I did see a teammate in James oh. Stefan. I'm just kind of. Kind of awkward that he didn't remember he saw me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a fun that. time. Had a little tennis match there, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> that's I okay, about that's that. okay. okay, how about you, Jack? Um, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really see too many guys. I he wasn't my teammate, but I was able to see Cody Glass at camp, so that was that was cool coming in and when I was 15, and he was on my Neely Cup team, and obviously I looked up to that guy a lot, you know, being who he was and who he is now. So, uh, yeah, it was cool to see him. Yeah, for sure. All right, James, uh, we're going to go over to you. Did you see any teammates over the I summer? I just told game? you, yeah, I saw yourself. And then I <laughs> obviously in Saskatchewan skated a little bit with Rav and uh, Z and uh, Dicker. So it was good to see them. We had a uh, little bit of a couple four-on-four games where we had the whole Winterhawks squad out there. So it was pretty fun. Nice. Um, what? Who won? We did. Okay. The Winterhawks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, just uh, other things about the summer. Just what are your favorite things to do outside the rink and uh, spend spend most of your time even here when you're not at the rink? What are your favorite things to do outside? Um, I don't know. I'd say uh, probably the two biggest things are probably tennis and golf. Um, they're great sports to, you know, get away from the game and uh, stay active and especially tennis. Um, that's a big one that I love to play. And, and golf's good when the weather's good. So it's a fun, fun game to play with, with your teammates. Jack? Um, yeah, not to sound like a basic hockey player, but I love playing golf. Um, it's hard to you get into a training regiment in the summer to find time, and, you know, we really have one day off realistically. So, um, you know, doing something like golf is relaxing and not super taxing on your body. So I think golf and then um, you know, I live in a, a nice area with an open – um, big open space behind my house with a bunch of trails. So I really liked taking my dogs on walks and, you know, really spent a lot of time with my family and friends this summer. But other than that, kind of just trained. <laughs> sure. All right, uh, move on to uh, the hockey side of things. I know both of you guys uh, were lucky enough to get to an NHL camp, so you mind just telling us about your experience there, James? I think you were in Ottawa. Yeah, I was in Ottawa. Um, really good experience. I uh <laughs> I loved it a lot. Um, it's just always cool to go to an NHL camp and see how those organizations are ran and see how all the pros uh, uh, do what they do and see what they do on a daily basis when they go to the rink. So, so it was a cool experience and it was 
it was fun to play some games at that level and play against um, such good players. Uh, it's always fun. Yeah. And you, Jack? Uh, yeah, I had a really good experience as well. Um, like James said, it's really cool to, you know, obviously go to what the next level is. And, uh, you know, I'm sure for all three of us, opportunity was hard to come by. But uh, you know, I think yeah. we all we all made it work and try to showcase ourselves the best we could. And um, But personally, I, I thought I had a good experience. Um, there was a few bumps in the road, but other than that, it was, uh, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, I heard you went to Carolina's camp, actually. Could you uh, touch on that? I did, yeah. It was uh, also, like you guys said, it was a uh, pretty sweet experience uh, getting to go see, like you said, what the next level's like. Uh, getting to uh, experience a couple games at that level and uh, and see what that pace is all about and, and uh, what it's going to take to get to that level. So it's uh, it's always fun to go see that. And, uh, and yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun there. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, just before that, obviously, we have the Neely Cup here in Portland. And, Jack, you seem to have about 17 titles to your name <laughs> in the Neely Cup. So I'm just wondering what, what do you think the key to success is and, uh, and how's, how's your experience has been at the Neely Cup? Um. I don't know if there's really a key to success. I think like when your team is having fun and, you know, I'm sure it was how you guys felt at like NHL camp where like if you're gripping your stick and not having any fun there, like you're not going to perform as well. So um, especially this year, I could I felt like I could make more of an impact as a 20 year old and be more of a voice in the locker room. But I think we had a. A very tough first day this uh, <laughs> this year, and I thought we were going to come in last place after that day, but um, then we ended up winning almost every game, and it just seemed like everyone was honestly just having fun at Neely Cup, and then you know we started to play well. Yeah, you've had a lot of success there too. Any anything to add on that, or uh, not really? I mean, just touch on this year. I mean, I feel like it was a little bit <laughs> the opposite of Jack. I feel like uh, <laughs> the first day we we're tied for first, uh, looking good. Uh, Boys were buzzing, team felt good, and then, I don't know, kind of just all fell apart. Um, Kyle Chazowski t- took the option on Neely Cup. Uh, <laughs> he was uh, he was named to our team. Uh, right when I saw him named to our roster, gave him a quick FaceTime call. I was hyped to see him on our team, and then he uh, shared the news that he'll be taking option. So, so that was a little bit disappointing. Uh, probably could have made a run with him in the lineup. But, uh, you know, there's always next year for him. For <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so just going, moving on to our team this year. Obviously, we've got a lot of returning guys. Uh, anything uh, you want to talk about that? Uh, what it's like having a big group of uh, returning guys, and what what you're looking forward to this season? Um, yeah, I think it's great that you know we're having. I mean, basically have the same team as last year. You know, the few pieces added, but um, it's nice to have those relationships already there with your guys and just trying to continue and build on those relationships. I feel like everyone on our team is very close and, you know, don't really have any outsiders or anything like that. So, um, you know, obviously coming with that is, you know, experience. And um, I think everyone's feeling confident. Everyone knows how it felt when we lost 10-4 last year in the, in the playoffs. And that was pretty not great this <laughs> and uh we're, you know i think we're all you know we all have a common goal and we want to win you anything to add or yeah i mean uh i feel like in years past we've always had kind of a younger group coming in and this is probably the first year that i've been here where we've come in with an older group so that's always nice i mean just like jack said i mean there's a lot of experience it just felt like two years ago where 
there was pretty much no one in our lineup with any playoff games, and now we got pretty much everyone with playoff games. So that's always good to have that experience. And and like Jack said, I mean, there's so many returners that we're all pretty close as a group already. So it's so it's kind of easier to get um, off to a hot start in the season because there's not so many guys coming in that you got to get used to. And yep. and also the guys that have come in have been have been really good and hard workers. So that's always good. Yeah, exactly. It feels a lot easier to just pick up where we left off and not have to go through all those building blocks like you do at the start of the year. So uh, we just said thanks. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> and uh, so we are off to a good start here. I believe it's four and one right now. So. Uh, How's the start of the season been for you personally, and what do you th- uh, what do you like about the team so far? Um, I I think that <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you know we just we play we've been playing the right way, and you know obviously when guys are at camps and um, you know we lost that one game to Wenatchee. I mean, there's always going to be a few few bumps in the road at the beginning of the season, but um, I think after that game and you know the Kelowna game they're a little bit iffy but I think we've responded really well and um, you know our practice habits have translated right over to the game and I think we've had a a great start to the season and um, I just know how it is every year where you know it starts off kind of not pretty at the beginning of the year and then you know you kind of just like sharpen up all the way to playoffs and um it's great to see that when we're not even at our sharpest right now that we're still a pretty pretty dang good hockey club so uh no it's really exciting to see how we've uh, been performing so far this season yeah i mean obviously we want to be five and oh but um of course that didn't happen but um it's not a bad thing to have um a little bit of adversity at the beginning of the season i mean to lose the first game obviously it was tough at the time but um, I mean, it's it's not a bad thing. Like I said, I mean, after that first game, and like Jack said, the Cologne game was a little bit iffy, but I feel like we've been firing on all cylinders lately, so so it's good to see. Yeah, I believe I saw in the CHL ranks that we were number one this uh, this, this past week here, so uh, we're looking to just uh, keep that ball rolling and uh, see how many weeks we can stay up there. Yeah, it's been huge. Yeah, it's a great start. So uh, now, James, I noticed you mentioned uh, tennis is one of your activities you like to do outside of the rink. Any Anything you want to talk about that? You think you're the best on the team, or uh, if you got any any games going on, or how that works? Yeah, I mean, I love the game. I mean, it's it's a, it's a pretty fun sport to play. Um, just to get your mind off the game, it's pretty relaxing. But to be honest with you, there's not a lot of competition on this team right now. Um, I mean, Gabe Clausen's an okay player, but matching up against me is not really much of a competition. Kyle Jazowski thinks he's a player, but he's really not. Um, <laughs> he's using like a four dollar racket he found on the side of the road. Shows up about twenty minutes late every time. Um and then I don't even know where Diego is, but that guy's awful. I mean he's he's uh I don't even know. I he always asks me to play and every time it's it's honestly embarrassing what he the the performance he puts on the court. So um but yeah, I mean been fun beating these guys so yeah i believe our series is actually at 1-1 this year so uh i don't know what you're talking about no competition and especially with this new racket i just got probably gonna uh be taking over the top spot in the the championships here soon so uh another topic here mlb playoffs going on right now Uh, i know we got a couple big fans on the team here uh just wondering if you guys following if you have a team you're rooting for uh, if you've been watching it all jack start with you um yeah i i like always watching you know, MLB postseason. I'm not 
wouldn't say I'm like the biggest baseball guy. Obviously, I'm from Denver, so I'm a Rockies guy, and you know we've been in pain forever. So um, I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've Chizer kind of put me on the Phillies train. I, I like the Phillies. Um, I, uh, yeah, I don't really have much more than that. But I think it's always it's fun seeing a competitive environment and competitive games. I always like that. 100% stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really much of a baseball game or guy. Sorry, um, it's a little bit of a slower game for me. I like um, fast-paced sports, but um, I don't know. I don't really watch any baseball until about the World Series, yeah, um, Game enough. Seven or Game Five, however many games it goes into. But uh, I agree with Jack. I mean, I also uh, would love to see the Phillies win. I mean, I know Kyle's such a big Phillies fan, and you know they never want to see Kyle win. So, um, <laughs> so it, it'd be cool to see uh, the Phillies win. And, I'll get his his uh, his moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Blue Jays fan, so it's a tough uh, tough exit there in the first of the wild card series there. So it's uh, now I'm kind of just focused on uh, Game Five coming up tonight here in the at the Sunset uh, f- Baseball Field here. Probably uh, try oh, and finish tonight. try and finish that series off. Yeah, if the rain settles down, probably yeah, probably get that going as soon as we can. Who did uh, who did the Blue Jays lose to? Uh, Minnesota. It wasn't good. Don't know if I'll be attending that <laughs> game tonight. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, back to the hockey side of things. We got a, I believe I was looking at the schedule. It looks like an 18-day road trip coming up here at the end of the month. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm, I'm super excited for it. Um, you know, all of us, we haven't done it since we were 16. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I just remember how, how fun it was and, um, you know, just being with your teammates. You and didn't attend that road trip. <laughs> <laughs> James and I did, but uh, um, so it, it, it's yeah, it's really fun. All the cities are really cool, and you know, I'm I'm excited for Calgary and Edmonton. I remember having some some great times there. You know, I'm sure we're gonna do some sort of team building thing, and you know that's always something that you're gonna remember, you know, for your time here in junior. So I, I'm really excited. It's gonna be a little gritty, but yep. we'll get through it. All right, Steph. Any thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I'm super excited. I. I enjoy being on the road with the boys. I mean, it's always fun to stay in a hotel with the guys and be on the bus. And like Jack said, we haven't done that trip since we were 16, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, especially Calgary and Edmonton, you get to play in NHL rinks. So so uh, it's obviously really cool. I mean, Calgary's kind of a weird spot. Um, but, we're just uh, weird guys there. <laughs> yeah, just produce weird people. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. It'll be fun. How about you? Uh, yeah, not a lot to expand on what you guys just said. It's obviously fun. Uh, a lot of hotel shenanigans going on, just hanging out with the boys and uh, getting the morning skates and stuff. Like you said, playing NHL, NHL rinks. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun getting to spend time and uh, hopefully some team building, like Jack said. And this will be your first time going on that trip? It will be, yeah. I never got to play in those in those cities so okay. uh, since I was a little kid playing in uh, minor hockey tournaments there, but that's about it. Yeah, that should be a fun experience for you. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> uh, so both of you guys have been in the league for how many years now? 17. 17, yeah. so... You want to just talk about if it feels any different this year being a, a super vet like that? Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a weird feeling. I mean, coming in as a 20-year-old, I mean, uh, when you're 16, you always got those 20-year-olds on your team that are telling you that it flies by quick, and you kind of don't even really pay attention to it, don't even think twice. But then once you are 20, you're like thinking, wow, I mean, it has really gone by quick. So so it's definitely a different feeling, but uh, just super excited. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a fun year, and definitely making a push so for our last year or so so it should be a fun last year in the league jack um yeah i mean on, honestly for me it just feels kind of weird like i just remember how i felt when i was 16 and like 
you know, you you don't really know your way around the league. Like you're trying to see how you fit into a team and, you know, see the guys that, you know, you connect with and all that. But um, obviously with our, our group being experienced and you know who's, you know, who the boys are, like, um, you know, it's it's just a little it's a little bit strange to me. And like James said, like, I never understood how, you know, said your your time flies by, but like it's yeah, it's just weird, man. Like I'm twenty now in this league. Like, it's, just, it's just it's odd. Yep, I got the same feeling. Uh either you get to tune into the uh Penguins Blackhawks team last night. I did. So yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Bedard obviously making his debut against the kids. So what uh what you wanna just tell me about it? Yeah, it was a fun game to watch. I mean, Chicago, uh obviously not a great team last year, but looked pretty good. Um I don't know, but I thought Bedard looked good. He had about 18 shots. Yeah, their power um, play was snapping it around, it yeah, looked like. About 30 minutes of ice time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he looked pretty comfortable in the league for his first game, so that was pretty cool to you watch. You get a chance it. to watch it, Jack? Yeah, nice. yeah. I finished, but thank you. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, and it was obviously just cool to watch how he, he, said got, that to, he got to play against his idol and that opening face-off um, against your idol would be pretty cool, so that was cool to watch. 100%. Jack? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bedsy might need to work on his face-offs a little bit on that <laughs> opening draw. I think he was two for ten on the night or something yeah. like that. But, uh, no, obviously, um, happy for him. It's cool to see another WHL player go into the league. And uh, I think it's cool for all of us, you know, obviously playing against a player like that. Um, but also seeing that, you know, we're all capable of playing against players like that. And that, you know... I don't know. gives gives me a little hope going Absolutely. into the league. I don't know how you guys feel, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with all those thoughts on the game. It was pretty cool to watch, and uh, like James said, just him getting a face off against Crosby. Crosby's my idol too, so it was uh, kind of a little bit jealous there. And that, uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So now we're just gonna move on uh, to what a typical day here looks like in Portland for us as Winter Hawks, and uh, yeah, just walk me through it for you. Yeah. Um, usually get to the rink uh, in the morning um, for school. Uh, we do school here as a team and then move on to our workout. So we go get a workout in with Richie, usually a nice bike ride, um, a couple of 15, 45s, maybe 20 minutes in the red. Um, then we move on to the workout portion, uh, get a nice workout in, get our lunch in, then maybe do some video um, depending on the day. And then we hit the ice uh, after that. Um, so working about working pretty much working a nine to five here so on the ice like you said like one till 145 what kind of what's the schedule like no it's usually about one to four p.m around <laughs> there but uh no no i enjoy it it's fun um it's always good to be on the ice and then after that just head home and hang out play some chill what yeah just head home uh maybe uh see what the boys are up to maybe go play like i said go play tennis or golf or something or over to one of the boys' house and watch a movie or something like that. So nice, yeah. And you, Jack? Um, yeah. Just like James said, about that's <laughs> that's all that goes around here is, um, you know, I start off the day, probably a ninety-five percent chance of rain that day, and then, um, you know, for Tommy and I, we got a nice little forty-minute drive and some pretty heavy traffic. But um, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a grind, but. I think all of us, we love working hard and we love being here. So um, I think it's nothing but positive experiences around the ring. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just finish it off here with uh, 
there's a rumor going around that we're just heading out on the ice and track suits today, go through some face-off plays, and uh, just what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, been here for five years, and I've never done that yet, so <laughs> so it's kind of new, but um, yeah, super excited. I mean, I haven't been on the ice in my track suit since I was on the ODR a couple of years ago, so um, yeah, it should be fun um, just to throw on the track suit and go run through some plays and stuff like that and snap around a bit and then get off, so. 100 was that curveball here that jack or? yeah i don't know if mike thinks we're you know a bunch of old farts now and we you know we can't get a fully dressed but no it's, it's super cool um uh, feels pretty showtime that we get to do that honestly but um yeah nice little i think that's what we all needed after a good skate yesterday hard 40s at the end um but yeah, getting those plays down and being able to execute that, I think that's going to help us a lot on the ice. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just hoping he lets us go no buckets. We can snap around for a bit there. <laughs> yeah, that's some yeah. face-off plays, and uh, hopefully no one gets hit with the puck. So yeah, uh, awesome. yeah I think that's about all we got here. Thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks a lot, Gabe. Uh, right. That was awesome. Yeah, no yeah, thanks, Gabe. Hey, how about a round of applause for those guys? They, they, they did an awesome job, and uh, my thanks again to them because not everybody's comfortable with the microphone, and it's they're sitting to paint the picture for you. This is their college class at the Coliseum, and it's in one of the, the rooms down uh, by the ice. And so the, in the middle of the class, or in the front of the class, I should say, there's just a table. The three dudes sat up there. They did their pod, and the rest of the team was sitting there watching them, kind of chirping at them a little bit. So uh, it, it was, it's, it's kind of a tense situation. They got the whole team watching them while they're doing it. Uh, but they did awesome, and I think it's going to be a really fun feature on the podcast this year. So uh, as I've mentioned before, and we'll continue to do so, more of that to come this season. And uh, they were they were awesome for the first time here in season three. And uh, stay tuned because next episode we'll have three new players, and they're going to come up with their own content, and they're going to host it and have all the fun. And so uh, it's going to be a really cool thing on the pod this year. My thanks again to Nick Merrick. Always love ch- uh, chatting with him, and great to see his face back at the VMC, and great to have him back on the mic calling Hawks games and back from paternity leave. And that will do it. So thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in uh, to this episode. Don't forget the fun game coming up on Friday night. It's going to be Jason Masks all over the place and they got the special uniforms so it should be a lot of fun over at the vmc really looking forward uh, to that one a reminder if you don't make sure you subscribe to the podcast and that's what that way you are alerted whenever a new episode is out sometimes the schedule can be a little herky-jerky during the season because the guys are on the road and they're going for a long road trip here uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks and that way you're always in tune with what is going on and when a new episode is dropping thanks again to everybody for listening until next time can i help you look at him and say Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni Yes, I do Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.